Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Rendition Pod. This week, we're going to be talking about Shop Girl. So, uh, 2005 movie, 2000 uh, novella by Steve Martin, starring Steve Martin, with the beautiful Claire Danes, about a listless artist in L.A. uh, who's looking for friends and meaning and happens upon both uh, the bumbling Jason Schwartzman and uh, the older... uh, womanizing uh, millionaire that is Steve Martin's character, Ray Porter. It might be a self-insert. We haven't discussed that yet, though. So um, <laughs> on the movie end of it, we've got our Judith. Judith, say hi. Um, I'm Jude Brown. My name isn't Judith. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, and uh, we actually have a guest here to talk to us about this movie oh, today. Yeah. It's... Oh. um. J.K. Rowling. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, oh, amazing. How did you get her? Oh, hello. Yes, I'm J.K. Rowling. Um, I have so much money and time that I decided to join your podcast today. Uh, we are talking about the Chamber of Secrets, yes? Um, Joanne, I've heard that you're only 60-something years old, but your vagina looks like it's a 1,000 years old. <laughs> It does. It does. I tried to do some yoni, but it really, <laughs> it really okay. hasn't. Okay. I'm um, just kidding. Um, my name is Mephisto, the master of charisma, deceit, and uh, terminal mm-hmm. rot, which is the brain, which is the name of the demon that flew out of Steve Martin's head and into mine. Oh. Well, like when I watched this movie. Oh, wow. That was the opening for you. That was the demonic circle <laughs> yeah, that summoned yeah, yeah. your new personality. Yeah. Uh-huh. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that introduction. I'm glad yeah. we uh, still yeah. they them. Yeah, that's, that's me. Yes. Okay, yeah. good. Great. All right. As long as <laughs> yeah. that's covered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Ashley, uh, we have you, our ghost in the machine, over on the book end of it. Um, uh, how are you, Ashley? Say hi. Hello. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hit me. Um, all right. So. Anyway, so we've got this. Uh, we got this story. We've got this very kind of like early two thousands uh, kind of vibe uh, on like both ends. It seems like the uh, it's very iconic for that time. Like nobody has a phone. It's all everybody's hunting each other down. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of, lot of answering machine antics. Uh, yes. And you've got man children and you've got like finding somebody's address without their consent. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff, but anyway, Judy, uh, what Jude dearest Mephisto, uh, what did you think <laughs> uh, about the movie? Um, I forgot about all that, uh, phone stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That used to be a big thing in movies. I know. It's something that kind of gone, it's gone away. Yeah. And I think in some movies it still works. Mm hmm. But maybe I feel like this movie it also works, but yeah, I think it does actually. Um, what did I think? First of all, Ash, uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if this. I feel like the novella was maybe just like a treatment mm-hmm. for this movie, mm-hmm. by the way, by Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. So I think he's technically just the screenwriter of this movie. Yes, and I feel like he really kind of snuck this one past the past the past the censors on the on the book the movie <laughs> litmus test. <laughs> um. Just a re- just a really bizarre movie. It's like Amelie, but for manipulators. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. There's a whimsical element to it. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's very so, beautiful. It's very very pretty. It um, is in fact very pretty. I don't even want to know what the fucking novella is like, but uh, pretty much the same. It's uh, it starts. This movie starts out with a lot of promise. Like I said, like really beautiful, um, classic uh, kind of early 2000s indie movie mm-hmm. stuff with our like quirky yet just devastatingly beautiful mm-hmm. 
um, heroin, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to try to describe the plot of this movie in a way that I'm, I'm going to try to be fair. Okay. But, okay. So she works at, she's a shop girl. She works at a department store. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does drawings in her spare time. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much her whole life, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she lives, this takes place in like LA, right? Yeah. Is this yeah. LA? Okay. Yeah. Um, and before we really get acquainted with this character or see her do anything, um, apart from like those two like little trinkets of her personality, mm-hmm. she runs into Jason Schwartzman mm-hmm. at the laundromat, mm-hmm. who is not, he's like to be taken seriously. Like he's like a quirky guy. Mm-hmm. Like you're supposed to be, like you're supposed to be into it. You're supposed, you're to, supposed be charmed, to be, yeah. you're supposed to think he's endearing yeah. when really he's just like, it, I don't think men are really allowed to act like that anymore. Uh, I think if, if a dude did that to someone that looked like Claire Danes at a laundromat in 2021, mm-hmm. she would be, it would be like an 11 tweet thread about, <laughs> about like how men have like, will just bother you in public for no reason. Right. But in 2005, I guess it was quirky. I don't even know. He was like, mm-hmm. he was like, Hey, Oh, classic. Uh, yeah. So he's like a silkscreen artist. Yeah. Um, and just a freak, I, I suppose too, just a, yeah, just do just, it. He <laughs> doesn't know how to interact with people. Yeah. Yeah. And he begins her interaction by saying, Hey, do you need some quarters? Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and she's like really charmed by him, even though he looks like a dusty little goblin. Yeah. Like he looks like a greasy. He looks like fucking Luigi. He looks like uh, from Super, Mar- from Super God, Mario I Brothers. I absolutely love Jason Schwartzman. I think he's so cute. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you want to. I'm sure you want to run roughshod all over his weird, hairy, slick body. Like if you set a match to him, he'd, he'd, uh, it's like he's covered in whale blubber. <laughs> it's so it's the wide leg pants for me that's really yeah killing god it. yeah the wide leg <laughs> the wide leg pants too. Well, so that's just yeah, yeah but classic manipulator move. He starts the conversation by being like, "I have some quarters to offer you if you need them for your laundry, ma'am." Yeah, yeah. very normal. Yeah. But then it turns out he actually needs quarters from her. Yeah, because he's broke and he yeah. doesn't know how to do anything because he's a little baby man. <laughs> he's, he's like he's a, like that's the charming thing about him is like he doesn't know how to be an adult. Mm-hmm. He's just like mm-hmm. some hapless kind of grody. Loser guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there could be a whole movie about this character, which is kind of like the other movie in this movie is yeah. he uh, kind of gets dumped by Claire Danes because she starts banging Steve Martin, who's mm-hmm. like a rich guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes on tour with like Eve Six. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think that's supposed to be like, it feels like what the band is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I got I to gotta look up what the actual name of the band and he is. He just goes on tour with them and ends up listening to a lot of like self-help tapes because that's what the lead singer wants. Mm-hmm. And that makes him into like a slightly more capable adult, but not any yeah. less weird of a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like and that's trying. kind of his storyline. Yeah. Wait, and the, don't they end up together? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. The climax of the movie, I don't know. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, no. Um, yeah. And then Steve Martin is... Uh, so after they have this meet-cute, they sleep together. It's really awful. He's like, I don't have a condom. Uh, he like wants to try to use like aluminum foil or something. As a, no, it's like a sandwich a, baggie. He's oh, like, yeah. you have a sandwich he's like, baggie. Give me the sandwich like, bag. And then he goes and asks her. He goes and asks her neighbor for one oh, for a condom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway. Uh, it's a, a st- yeah. It's a very awkward whole. Okay. Honestly, that was less awkward for me than watching her bang Steve Martin. I don't. Yeah, know. that was weird. That was. Yeah, that was uh, really weird. Was yeah, the whole Steve Martin thing. I wish wasn't in the movie. <laughs> I wish it had just been a movie <laughs> this about the whole movie about though. this about this about this quirky loser and super hot Claire Danes. But <laughs> instead, they shoehorn this whole Steve Martin thing into it. It really feels like the. 
stuff with the Ray Porter character, who's Steve Martin, is like mm-hmm. shoehorned into the movie. Which is weird because that's he the did a, whole... he did a bad job of making <laughs> the movie. He did a bad job of making the movie about him about yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, yeah. So she starts banging this dude, and then okay, but okay. Uh, also, I just want to say, 2005. If you worked at a department store like that, mm-hmm. um, that was a good job. Yeah. But you were like making. Probably decent money. Right. And, and she's also like a starving artist. Mm-hmm. So Claire Danes' character would have been fucking insufferable. Mm-hmm. Okay. She would mm-hmm. never have like looked twice at yeah. a grody Jason Schwartzman type. Right. Yeah. Well, the whole thing was yeah. like she was insanely lonely and like she hadn't made any friends. Yeah. And, uh, she's very lonely. Very lonely. Very what was, lonely. What was that line? Uh, she'd been looking for connections, but all the near misses were starting to pile up and overwhelm her. Yeah. The Steve Martin voiceover is what mm-hmm. drove me crazy. Yeah. Just I felt like radiation in my blood just like <laughs> yellow puss began to ooze from my pores the i, I feel okay. like narr- narration wasn't such a big thing at the time but mm-hmm. especially now um the amount of narration in this film is offensive yeah it's a lot well it's because he was like i want to make a movie but i also want a lot of the pros that i'm proud of from the yeah. novella to still be in it but even honestly, though okay i'm not trying to skip ahead too much but some of the pros is real good yeah, yeah. okay anyway. well, okay well yeah, that that's fine. <laughs> we'll but, fight about that um, later. Wait, what, what's her last name? It's like her last name. Her name is Buttersfield. 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 Okay. Yeah, um, that's. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so so he comes into the store and he's charmed by her, and then he like gets his lawyer to like stalk her or something. No, that, he just you know, calls that you the... must whatever you do. To, oh yeah, he just calls a directory in yeah. two thousand five. You can just yeah. look up someone's address and what did he say? He calls uh, her manager and he lies. He said, hey, "I called your manager. I lied, and uh, then I looked up uh, your name in the directory, and that's where I found you." Yeah, and then there's a lot oh, of like cool. awkward. I'm gonna call HR and get my manager. <laughs> yeah. Fired. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then. Like a lot of awkward, like he's rich and she's not stuff. That's a yeah. lot of it. Like, how do they overcome that? That's awkward. Okay. Um, I actually, thought, okay, I thought that was kind of interesting, to be honest. Like, the whole thing is like this very, um, like normal, mostly normal situation of just awkward meetings and like yeah. deciding you like somebody even though your interactions are insanely awkward. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're both trying to get something out of whatever it is they're doing. So yeah. like him coming over to her apartment, uh, even though he obviously hates <laughs> yeah. it and is massively yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. uh, and her just being like, I, I mean, okay, I mean, I like you. So I guess this is what we're doing. Um, the scene where she, the scene where she serves him the wine, uh, yeah, and it's turned. I, and he's like, so, I think that's actually quite a hilarious, yeah, uh, that, 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 that's and well, pretty funny. And well yeah. acted kind of moment because yeah. like it's not really an overly funny film, but like that scene yeah. is so like it's such a true to life kind of like joke almost. <laughs> like yeah, but yeah. I couldn't shake the feeling uh, that like Steve Martin's whole thing was like, even though you're super beautiful and really hot mm-hmm. and sweet and interesting mm-hmm. because you're kind of a poor person i don't think i can treat you like i would a woman who is from the uh, same is like, it because she's social poor or setting is it because she's me. half his age so, oh there's that too i, 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 I even forgot about that there's that too that, like, yeah ray porter as a character i mean the book is really explicit about this i don't think the film spends as much time like delving into his character and his motivations, but like Mm -hmm. he himself uh, is still learning a lot about love and is pretty dumb and doesn't realize the ways that he can hurt her by just taking the parts that he wants. Go to therapy, Ray. (laughs) Well, yeah, honestly, (laughs) stop taking it out on 28 year old girls with an incredible power imbalance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's kind of how that works out. He ends up like breaking her heart because he's just a man child. 
And because she's not in and I, yeah. that, it, it, the, the, that scene where she says, like, why won't I ever be good enough for you? Yeah. And like, yeah, her that's acting, rough. Yeah, oh, no, she's so it, good. Like yeah, she, okay. So before we get to Claire Danes and the director of this movie, yeah, yeah. Um, like, that's what this well, that's what this movie is. It's just like yeah. these two goofballs trying to fuck Claire Danes, and yeah. the We're the good. movie like passes this off as like in like this is like Ooh, this is like goofy like this like is this is thing. an interesting story. Yeah. You can tell Steve Martin you can tell Steve Martin things. This is like a really interesting like worthy mm-hmm. tale mm-hmm. to tell. Yeah. Um. And the only reason it, God, it's you just, ever like, meet he's, like, he's kind of weird as Ray Porter. Like he's kind of I think he Very does awkward, he, yeah. like yeah. W- when he actually gets when he actually gets to confront their like power imbalance, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that comes across as a genuinely acted because Steve Martin has probably actually been in those situations before yeah. because he's been like culturally relevant for like 50 years. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. Right. So I believe that, but then like the more emotional scenes, I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, just stick to playing the banjo. And why isn't Martin <laughs> short in this movie? Like, yeah, you can tell he wanted, he wrote the novella so he could get it made into a movie so yeah. he could have a serious role. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's had other serious roles that are better, but he has. Jason Schwartzman is the same thing. He's just like, they were like, just be insufferably quirky the whole time. Well, I mean, this was like one of Jason Schwartzman's like first bigger yeah. ones, yeah. you know? And like, I just, I just don't understand it. I feel like the so import of this. So are we going to kiss or what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the, I feel like the import of this movie has been lost to time. Like this was for like, uh, wh- who is this for? Was this I for guys exactly to watch? Who it was for. Okay, yeah. It was for Ashley going through a breakup, her first big breakup, oh, okay. heartbroken okay. in 2005. Oh, okay. I I needed the kind of I needed the kind of therapy this kind of film provides when you're like 18, 19. Actually, yeah, I, that makes sense. It helped me. It helped me cry a lot of tears that otherwise would have been stuck in my little heart. Oh, yeah. And you know, even seeing... though looking back, yeah, looking back, I don't know how the fuck this got made. Yeah. It's such a weird goddamn story. There's really no plot. Um, Claire yeah. Dane holds up the whole thing. She does. She really does. Well, well you know, such a, it's such a wait, wait, weird... wait. Okay, okay, okay. Let me <laughs> just let me finish saying my piece about the movie. Uh, but okay, so the director does a really good job, and mm-hmm. like the cinematographer too. The movie like looks really good. Yeah. And yeah. it's like kind of this like treacly Danny Elfman score right. that works yeah. somehow. Yeah. It feels like kind of overproduced in the right areas and kind of underproduced mm-hmm. in. To fudge the right areas as well, yeah. yeah. Um, and the first time that Claire Danes, I think they sleep together, but she like takes her clothes off for Steve Martin the first time. Yeah, that's like the that's like the best thirty seconds of the whole movie. Oh, not yeah. because Claire Danes is naked, but it's just yeah. like so. Like the director has this weird reverence for Claire Danes. Mm-hmm. Like every scene that she's in she takes should. on this tone of him just like really delightfully like framing her and yeah. like shooting her right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of the movie is like. Uh, you can tell the director maybe is like, oh yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, we'll, just, like, uh, we'll, just, we'll, we'll we'll just phone in the focus feature. Uh, it's you weird. know indie film shit for the uh, this, scenes with Steve Martin and Jason Schwartzman in them. This director mostly does advertisements. Yeah. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like he mostly does like yeah. uh, spotlight kind of things, and yeah. like this was like one of his more serious movies. Uh, most of his stuff has been like early two thousands kind of shit. Uh, it does feel kind of like a music video in a lot of places. A it does bit. have that like, like yeah. the lighting and then mm-hmm. the, like weird angles sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. It's uh, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then it feels like Claire Danes was the only person on this project who had any experience working on a serious. <laughs> oh, that too. Yeah. yeah. What, did, what did she do before this? Like, wait. Um, there's. Oh wait, yeah. What? What I, else? Uh, what else had she been in at that point? I don't know. I will Google it while Jude keeps talking about the movie. Okay. Yeah. The other thing is like, so while Ray Porter is dating um, 
Claire Danes is a character, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes somewhere and bangs somebody else, right? Um, and he maybe could have like, and then he comes back and he's like, listen, I slept with somebody else. And it like really fucks her up, just like really breaks her heart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like people used to have that problem. Like, can't you just now be like, if you're seeing someone kind of like not that seriously, kind of, you know? Like, I think that was supposed to display the difference in how they felt about it. Yeah, like, okay, he yeah. He definitely didn't see it as exclusive. Yeah. She did. Um, what cracks me up is like, she... She, honest to God, thought that they were, like, full exclusively dating. Like, she had yeah. no problem with the fact that, like, yeah. you know, any of the other red flags that have been going yeah. on. Uh, but she was like, oh, yeah, no, we're committed to each other and we're dating. Yikes. I'm going to, I'm going to, like. That it was, Steve Martin penis got you acting strange. Uh, I mean, it was kind of an excuse to get Jason Swartzman to stop calling her. But, uh, but I think she also legitimately was like, no, I am seeing someone now. So, um, like, okay, so. In the book, she's described as somebody that, like, the perfect woman previously. You know, she's self-deprecating. She doesn't understand her own worth. Uh, she, oh, uh, gi- what's the line? Uh, she gives of herself entirely. Um, she's, uh, and she never suspects maliciousness in anyone else and blah, 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 blah. So, like, she's ve- this very, like, doe-eyed kind of character that you're supposed to obviously fall in love with because she's sweet and kind. And, um, and she would, n- and, mm. but she's ripe for the heartbreak. Like she's just primed for it. And I think that is what Steve Martin in like in this character was so attracted to. Yeah. What the fuck, Steve Martin? Yeah. He cheats on her with somebody that looks like fucking Michelle Bachman or like Sarah Palin. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, now, <laughs> don't knock anybody's taste. She's got, I mean, <laughs> so they got that dark hair. No, different, different check. Uh, yeah, I guess a, I feel like, but, the, it, but it is a woman who is closer in age to him. Which yes, yes. Uh, he's like, she's a doctor. Okay. And it's like, okay, good for you. Yeah, okay. the, the climax of this movie takes place at, at like the most like mayonnaise LA party ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get for some reason and everyone's there. Mm-hmm. Jason Schwartzman, Claire Danes and Steve Martin yeah. are all there. Who shows up to his ex-girlfriend's hey, art show? Don't forget yeah. Lisa. Come oh. on. Yeah. Lisa's okay. Then Lisa here. shows up. Yeah. So there's this weird aside. <laughs> there's this weird aside where, um, uh, Claire Danes is like bimboy friend who honestly I love. Um, I thought they were gonna kind of have like I thought there was like a sapphic thing going on there. Oh, and that, mm-hmm. that that, that would have been cool. It would have. There's this weird aside where at the party um, she bangs Jason Schwartzman because she thinks he's Ray Porter. <gasps> I don't understand that. That was like Steve it's, Martin couldn't all, resist a little caper having like a little wacky. No, uh, it's, you know, it's the war between it's the war between women. Yeah. 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 Okay. At, like angle, but you know, because if I, we don't if we don't contrast. If we don't contrast, you know, uh, uh, Maribel's naive, pale wayfishness against a superficial blonde, how will we? How will we know she's the good girl? I thought she was awesome. Any- I thought that character was, Actually, was great. I really appreciated this about the director that uh, that scene at the end where Maribel is like just walking through Neiman Marcus. She's not working there anymore, and uh, that chick is like working at the counter, and she sees her going by, and she realizes like what she did with Jason Schwartzman, all to just like, you know, uh, spite the nose on your face kind of thing. Like she was just being spiteful and trying to steal her man. And then she's like, oh, I I did that. I don't know. And then she's still happy. Like Claire Danes is still off and being happy. And like, she's like, she's sitting there and she's thinking about it. And it just frames her face in such a really cool way that she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So my final thoughts on the movie is I feel like, this is um, a movie for incels 
about alphas and betas. Oh. And Ray Porter is an alpha male, and the Jason Sportsman character is a beta male. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apart from that, it's it's not really about that. And apart <laughs> apart from that, it's about um, kind of the inherent natural like pointlessness or pettiness of women's lives mm. and the um ne- and the necessity for interesting quirky or like serious kind of damaged men to come along and like galvanize them and give them purpose by breaking their hearts or like just piping them out you know uh i feel like that's a like that is probably like a uh, subconscious like social thing that uh was actually translated in there um i like to think in an optimistic way that uh it shows that people can grow and do different things and that not all relationships are cut out um but i did like okay so you ever um, okay that's true but only after you've had like a like a dusty old like George Washington era yeah. dick inside you. <laughs> yes, exactly. You gotta be cleansed with the dust. Gross. Okay. Anyway, so <laughs> that's all um, I have to say about the movie. Okay. Um. Well, bravo. It was. Uh, I loved it. Um. Good but, night. Yeah. <laughs> good night. But um. Okay. So as somebody that really enjoys the fantasy genre, um, like in most forms, um, I've never been super attracted to like contemporary fiction, um, like any kind of modern setting for the most part. And it seems like this movie. Uh, Because you're right, he doesn't, like, Steve Martin doesn't wholly frame himself in this one. It's mostly about Claire Danes and her finding her way, and then Jason Schwartzman also finding his way. Um, And, you know, that could be an ageist kind of thing of, like, do people grow after a certain point? But um, the nuance of what a day-to-day kind of, like, normal situation is, like, finding enamored and romantic moments in such humdrum kind of situations like i don't know like this is kind of a waiting room sort of story Mm. but but i don't know like there's some things about it that you're just like oh this is like uh this is a very snapshot sort of um it's the it's the frame in the lonely hunter where um what is it? Uh, John Wayne is standing in the prairie house and like you get the whole landscape in the background uh, and like the lighting from the back. And then you're like, oh, this is uh, this is a portrait. This is a portrait of a moment. Um, and it could be influential and monumental to these characters lives for a, a million years. And honestly, if you talk about it on the surface, like if you try to recount the events, it sounds inane. Um, but that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Also, yeah. I feel like that moment in. Shop girl, yeah, and I'm I'm not trying to be funny. I feel mm. like that moment in Shop Girl is Claire Dane's ass. I think it actually is. That movie is <laughs> like that. Like the, that's the moment. The development, yeah. The, yeah, the development, the growth for everyone around this movie, yeah, is about is <laughs> about that ass. Is Claire Dane's yeah. offering herself up and just yes. being very vulnerable Un, in the 90s light yeah. or early 2000s candlelight? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny you said a waiting room because I feel like Ray Porter always kind of throughout this movie reminded me of like a dude that was. He had about as about as much development as like a guy that's like in the waiting area of a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like never do and like very shallow, <laughs> yeah, never yeah. looking too yeah, deep about like, his motives. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's actually that's a good point. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, Ashley, darling, um, I did not quite get to finishing the book. I know I have low standards; it's only two hundred pages, but um, I did like a lot of the prose. Uh, can you enlighten us on maybe some of the other bits about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's. I, it's pretty much one-to-one with the movie. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of details that changed. And of the details that changed, it's mostly just, I think, um, who they who they could get to sign on to be in the film. Like, she works in a different department store in the book, 
but I think it was just like, well, Neiman Marcus is willing to pay us more money than yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, whoever yeah. Uh, they were gonna um, they were gonna get Tom Hanks to do um, Ray Porter, but he was like, no, I, no. I wait, really? I wait, is that true? Oh, uh, that would have been awesome. That can't be true. Oh, that, Jimmy Fallon was also gonna be Jason Schwartzman. Oh game. hell yeah! <laughs> this this had been Tom Hanks and Jimmy Fallon. Oh, anyway, I, that I can't be true. <laughs> I'm I, imagining Universe B's version of this movie is blowing my mind. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I would have felt about that. But anyway, so Steve Martin took over his own project and did it, so that's fine. I would but, sooner I would sooner see Jason Schwartzman than Jimmy Fallon. Because, uh, like Jason Schwartzman at least he can play the like, yeah, the quirky quirky dude, but like Jimmy Fallon would have just been too goofy. Mm-hmm. Entirely. He's such a goofy little man. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, okay, so I first saw the book, or saw the movie, mm-hmm. um, and then bought the book after seeing the movie, because I actually really liked the movie when I first saw it. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it holds up. I mostly recommended doing it. Um, yes, I am the one who inflicted this on the world. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, I, I, uh, I pitched doing it because I knew that we would all be so flummoxed by the, the, the story itself. Um, I don't know how this got kind of written and, and praised as such a gorgeous thing and how even myself was like, I didn't think it was romantic by any means. And I don't think it's like, I don't think Ray Porter's actions are specifically framed as romantic. No, it's um, kind of like an anti-romance, the movie. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, I did really like it when I first saw it when I was young, and it inspired me to get the book. And so I owned both. And yeah, so on this reread, I was actually surprised. I still really like the writing. Mm-hmm. And I think that Steve Martin actually has some really interesting insights about the way people think and grow and the kind of ways that they justify toxic behavior and... Mm-hmm and toxic decision making. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, I think for me on this rereading, the most distracting part was like the war between women angle. Yeah. Like he can never, he can never describe like this entire book should be like on the subreddit men writing women. Mm-hmm. Um, because he can never describe a female character positively. Like, outside of Maribel and then like of course like the way she's framed is often like through the way that Ray views her which is like not super great no um mm-hmm. but it's but I think like do I think the character that Steve Martin insert like maybe it's like lessons he learned in his youth but I don't think it is who he is now no um no. and there's a there's a part later in the book where they're starting to approach the end of their relationship Mm-hmm. where it has this really uh, great line about how um, he'll see in a woman, like something he finds seductive or desirable, like uh, the, you know, like the line it of describes, her leg like or, these yeah. very mon- it, it describes these very mundane things, you know, like the arch of a foot as it, as it goes into a shoe or like the nape of her neck where her hair like meets, meets the flesh or, you know, it's like really beautifully written and it's kind of these subtle moments. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, and it basically kind of says that, like, and in, like, falling in love with these small things about her, he imagines that he loves everything about her um, so that he doesn't have to feel bad about himself. 
Which, and I think that's like, damn, like that's like he's not really painting this guy as like a as a good a dude, good no. character. No, and he talks about how he needs to grow. So, like, do I think he's a self-insert character? Like, maybe in some ways, it's, it's probably things he's observed and learned over time. Right. Um, but I, I think he's not really that kind to the character. But so the unfortunate thing. Um, Though is like, yeah, he's constantly the way he talks about women and the way he describes women, especially women outside of Maribel, is so cruel. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of it's meant to be a critique of L.A. society. Like when you were saying, Elise, um, that this is a a portrait, it's a a snapshot, like that's 1000 percent like nail on the head Mm -hmm. Uh, because it is a portrait of like this transitory period in these three characters lives. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, like, right, like, uh, and then, like, uh, and it's also a portrait of of LA, yeah, yeah, uh, it's definitely like of a time and a place. And the mm-hmm. prose is really quite good, but unfortunately, it's not really kind to the female characters. Mm-hmm. The Lisa subplot in the book is like much more explicitly like she only values herself in terms of. Uh, attention like from men sex to control like powerful men and having them spend money on her good uh, for her that's great <laughs> that's 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 virtuous behavior <laughs> but that she's uh that she sees the need to like go after somebody else that is not like not even trying to mess with her at all. Like just not so great. We well, need sugar baby like, solidarity. It's, it's, yes, not, it's not even that she, it's not even that she just like Maribel. It's that she, it's that she, um, she sees what's being spent on her and she wants it for herself. You know, she sees that as someone else like having power. Well, I guess it, I, it does have this whole politics of her being like a cosmetics girl and how dare the glove girl be receiving this, Oh. This uh, attention, cool. the hierarchy is all askew, and uh, so yeah, it doesn't really treat the uh, female characters outside of Maribel very kindly, which is unfortunate. And I know, like, it could be said, like sometimes, occasionally, male characters are also like described unfavorably, and I think it's generally just like critiquing a LA culture. Yeah, but I feel like it also like it doesn't feel like there's any moments of being kind to it, and I guess that's fair if you. Yeah, growing out of growing up and out of LA. (laughs) I feel like Lisa's whole thing in the movie is a lot like softer, more subtle, and like she actually Mm -hmm. tries to kind of be friends with her. So like that maliciousness is not conveyed, and I think that is only because uh, Steve Martin didn't think it was like like it was dismissed for the most part. Like it was like, Oh, this is the whatever. Like this part is more like Mirabelle's more and more interesting. And it's like, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Get, I get that. But that also is like, okay, you've given growth to every other character in this damn movie. Like why? I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, I, it's just, and it's just how all the, it's kind of, that's just kind of how all the female characters who aren't um, yeah. in the book, yeah. are treated which is unfortunate and i remember it like yeah reading it at like 19 mm-hmm. finding it kind of like you know of course like validating because unfortunately i suffered from not like other girl syndrome yeah. uh yeah. which is maybe why i'm so sensitive and talk about it so much now uh it's just um, once you see it man but um, once, yeah once, once once your eyes are opened uh to the world mm-hmm. uh you can't unsee it yeah but uh so that's yeah that's like that's my thoughts on the book 
The prose is really quite gorgeous. I yep. think there are some actually really salient things to be said about the ways people think and grow. Oh, mm-hmm. also uh, the way it handles uh, depression is yeah. quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that, um, was that whole arc. That was surprising. I was I was kind of interested. Uh, like, okay, so the actual facts on how it functioned were a little bit more accurate than uh, normally they would be uh, portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh I, yeah, I forgot about the whole depression. Yeah, subplot. I kind of oh, wonder weird. if that was like. I don't know if that was just supposed to be another aspect of her waifishness, kind of like how like tuberculosis was seen as romantic. <laughs> oh, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. That's uh, funny. Yeah. All interesting waifus are yeah. all interesting waifish waifus. Uh, but like, suffer on, from depression. you know, and on an optimistic turn, it was also an opportunity for Ray to become more emotionally invested and prove that he could actually take care of another person, another human's feelings, uh, which is okay. All right. All right. Like, you know, it's an aspect of a thing. Um, so okay. there's like hot girl ailments through time. 19th century was tuberculosis. Yeah, absolutely. The 20th century was um, smoking too much and diet pills. Okay. The 21st century is, of course. Depression. Yes. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, oh, man. Anyway. Well, as, okay, a, right, as, a, as a hot girl with depression, <laughs> uh, I can certify that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, solidarity. Um so unfortunately in the book, unfortunately in the book that moment is a little more like insidious in mm-hmm. that uh he takes her to the doctor. Yeah. And he takes her back to his place, but he still wants to fuck her until she gets a headache. And it like has this line specifically that it's like because of the headache like uh Maribel can imagine that Ray Porter is a kinder person than he is and uh you know, he doesn't try anything and he's lucky he doesn't because she would have hated him for it. And I'm, I'm like, damn, you know, it's like, even in that moment of vulnerability, he still is such a fucking sleaze. But <sighs> the narrative like, doesn't like get him, let him get away with it. It doesn't like go uncommented on. Um, no. but yeah, I don't know. It's gorgeous. It has a lot of like, Really good insight, and it's kind of like you said, Elise. I'm typically a uh, strictly fantasy reader, so it yeah. is unusual for me to read something that is so very slice of life. Yes, exactly. Like there's... I mean, there's, there's a Garrison Keillor joke at one point. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that wouldn't yes. even make sense now. He's not even on the radio anymore. <laughs> He's been Me Tooed. Oh, oh, has he? Oh, <laughs> oh no. It was, it was a soft Me Tooing. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah. It was, I feel yeah. like, from what I've heard about the book, and also, I guess, now that I think about the movie, I feel like there's a lot to be said about the interpersonal sexual politics of mm-hmm. heterosexual people. Mm, yeah. And they're, like, inherent. There's... There's a bit of the department store hierarchy in mm-hmm. in the sexuality of the people in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's that. Yeah. There's that. But um, um, I would I would recommend watching it just for Claire Danes. Yeah, it's, it's not actually, bad. It's also not very long. No, and yeah. uh, by the way, and you, honestly, uh, all, all the things I was saying that I thought were dumb and I hated about it were also kind of satisfying to watch because yeah. you're like, Haha, like they used to make shit like, the, <laughs> like you used to, you could get a fucking movie like this I made, know. like Jesus Christ. It's like going to an yeah. automat. You're like, oh, this is not something that would pass code now. But yeah. um, but um, <laughs> oh, but yeah, uh, you guys were right about Claire Danes being one of the only people with actual experience. Like uh, she did uh, Romeo and Juliet. She did. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah, she did. Well, other yeah. stuff too, but um, Romeo and Juliet was uh, the one that I knew people would actually remember. Um, uh, but <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's a snapshot of a time. It's gorgeous uh, in a weird, fragile, very fucked way. 
Um, and honestly, I love that the narrative is a little bit more gritty. Uh, it it kind of like makes me like Steve Martin more for being maybe a little bit more like self-aware and compassionate toward these like very flawed people um, that he's creating randomly. Uh, and uh, but I do like I think the translation into movie actually makes more sense. Like it makes sense the way it turned out, like a little bit, a little bit polished, a little bit more like softened. Um but everybody still gets to display their vulnerabilities and uh, you get to see at least a little bit of growth in pretty much everybody, which is, I think, what everybody wants to see. Like, that is what a story is. That's when a story is satisfying, I think, at least for me, is when you see character development, you see growth, you see some kind of change that these elements, these terrible uh, tribulations have had an effect on this person and maybe, just maybe, they can learn and move forward because um, I think that's what we're all trying to do. Not to okay, get but, preachy, but but yeah. all the tribulations are dumb. <laughs> but like all the tribulations are like really kind of self-imposed and sort of dumb. I mean, yeah, and most I don't know, man. Most tribulations are self-imposed. Uh, but yeah, um, but anyway, so um, I feel like that's it about Shop Girl. Yeah, I, like I think that's it. That's it. it. That's that's it. Yeah. Right. Right. So let's cap yeah. it. It's, um, it's, it's pretty. Zach's, and Zach's it's giving fragile. us the, it's like the a, wrap it's it up like a soap sign. bubble. <laughs> yeah, it is a beautiful soap bubble. Um, yeah. Anyway, oh, we uh, we love Claire Danes. Uh, we love you guys, and uh, we'll see y'all next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Oh, plug our uh, check out our Instagram. Maybe I'll upload something. Thank you uh, at Rendition Pod on Insta. Anyway, um, and Rude Jude Brown at Twitter. Um, but yes. Anyway, all right. We love you a lot. Goodbye. <laughs>